Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa dematis Lapore and Ann Baldwin. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of The Connection. I'm so happy to be with you this morning. Ann Baldwin, President and CEO of Baldwin Media. And uh, Lisa dematis Lapore is not joining us for the show because we've got a full house and we only have so many headsets and microphones. Um, and this is a topic that I've talked about so many times on the show that is near and dear to my heart and that is recovery. So um, I want to tell you we've got a great program lined up for today. We've got Shirley here, and Shirley's been in recovery for five years, and also Jessica Antunes, who is um, a clinical supervisor at CMHA, which is a Community Mental Health Associates, based out of New Britain, and growing, growing, growing. You guys do such a great job. So Jessica, let's start with you a little bit, because um, you've got a big event that's coming up. It's a 5K on Saturday, June 23rd, and it's going to be held at New Britain Stadium. And I've been to this event several times. And uh, so this is kind of the premise and the umbrella for what we're talking about here um, today. So talk to us a little bit about CMHA's recovery program. And this is one of your signature events, and you're actually on the race committee, and you're a runner. So I guess that's a hell of an introduction. So why don't you tell us more about, <laughs> is there anything else you do? Um, tell us a little bit about um, the work that you do at CMHA when it comes to recovery. And um, we'll talk more about the race throughout the course of the show as well. Absolutely. Um, so I've been at CMHA for about six years. It's going to be seven years this year. And we do a lot of work. We're a harm reduction model. So we do a lot of work with individuals. We have a lot of recovery groups. Um, we have a MAP program. We run intensive IOP groups um, for men and women. IOP. Uh, define. IOP, intensive outpatient, outpatient programs. So these are co-occurring um, programs that are developed for males and females. Um, right now, we have three. We have a men's IOP. We have a female's trauma-informed IOP. We focus a lot about the mental health aspect and the trauma incorporated with the substance abuse and how each one um, impacts the other. And we also have a co-ed monolingual IOP as well for our Spanish-speaking individuals in the community that also need assistance with re-recovery. Wow, that's fantastic. And Shirley, thank you for being on the program, too. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? I mean, what happened? Well, I came to CMHA five years ago, and it was one of the best things that's happened to me. Um, the program itself just fit everything that I needed at the time, uh, mainly trauma. That's what took me out several times throughout my life, not dealing with trauma. And when I found out that they were having a group, I was one of the first ones to sign up. I had a lot of trauma in my past, and dealing with it put my recovery on a fast track forward. 
which I couldn't be more pleased with. Um, through CMHA, I've had a lot of opportunity to speak with other people and to do other, other things to help other people, and I think that's where I fit best. I'm at my best when I'm helping someone. Absolutely, and isn't that part of the program, yeah. right? Yeah, is it helping is. others, giving back. Absolutely, and Shirley, I don't want to dig too deep into your story. I don't want to, you know, go beyond your no, comfort level. No, I'm good. And you know, I know as a person in recovery myself, um, I've learned, and as a recovery coach, I've learned that trauma oftentimes is the trigger Absolutely. for the addiction. So Absolutely. what kind of trauma did you experience? I um, have sexual trauma as a child and just learned to stuff it. I learned to be funny. I learned that humor masked a lot of pain. And then in high school, I found alcohol. And then after that, um, after a serious car accident, painkillers found um, that they just killed the inner pain as well as the outer pain. And it just progressed from there. Um, progressed very rapidly into heroin and into IV use. So I have a long history of addiction over 30 years. And along that with the behaviors that come with that. So not only did I have to put down the drugs, my whole behavior was addiction. And um, it took a long time. But again, once the trauma, once I got through that feeling, everything else seemed to just fall in place. The, I, it was, there was a hole in my stomach that I lived with for so many years. Mm. And it started slowly healing. And when that healed up, I can honestly say because just that program itself, I've been through it twice. Mm. And to put myself through that is, you know, is, <laughs> I don't even know what to say it's, about it, it. Well, it sounds like it's not just a, you know, an easy thing to no. do. I mean, Jessica, you can speak to that, you know. So <clears throat> yes, it's, it's not just, you know, IOP, intense, intensive outpatient therapy. I absolutely. mean, there's a reason that that right. word is in front of it. So what is it like? So in terms of the trauma work that Shirley is talking about, it's a group that um, myself and another co-worker established at CMHA, which was based off of a curriculum for TREM, um, which is individuals who are experiencing trauma. And we felt the need after running of an IOP that we needed something more intensive. So we started running trauma groups. And Shirley, as she just stated, was one of the, she was like, sign me up. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of stuff that I need to do. And as she went through the groups, we can see that some of the topics were digging deep into some of the experiences that you don't want to kind of go through. You don't want to experience it again. And right. when you have a topic that says, hey, you're sitting on a jury, what would you convict this person with? What would you, what would be their charges? What would you want to happen? That kind of goes back into what are the things that they're experiencing? How do you want to deal with it? And it brings it up. You know, so we try to really manage a lot of those things and help them identify that, you know, a lot of these things that happen to you aren't a relation to you. It wasn't It wasn't you. your fault. It wasn't your fault. So are you talking about, so like Shirley gets to sit there and say, okay, this, so this person is in a courtroom and I have the opportunity to charge them. Yes. So I would charge them just hypothetically with, you know, sexual assault mm -hmm. and battery and kidnapping and like so you get to be the judge and jury and give them their conviction yes wow what a great approach can i join that thing <laughs> <laughs> i've got 
got a few people I'd like to convict of a few things. <laughs> but it also puts you right back there, though. It does. And it? that's that's yeah. the intensive part. Right. You're. I was seven years old again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and um, the fear, the intensity was all there. But the more I talked about it, the less, the less it had a hold of me. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what I, when I felt that it was working. It didn't have the power over me as it once had. Right. And the more I talked about it, the less power it had. So what's life? So you've got how many years clean? Five. Five. Congratulations. Thank That's you. fantastic. Um, so what's life today like today? Life, I make, I get up every morning and I make a conscious decision to think about myself first because I melted into the background for so long. Don't look at me. I'm not here. Um, and today I'm present. I'm awake, I'm alive, and I'm grateful for every day that God gives me today. Um, I don't work. I'm trying to, I just completed the um, Advocacy Unlimited for uh, peer support specialist. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm trying to get into now. Peer support. Yes, yes. Because I have a lot to offer, I feel. I have been through an enormous amount of stuff, and I have... I'm a good listener, but yet I can give advice or... Right. And isn't that one of the things, too, Jessica, that CMHA, you know, not only on the intensive, you know, programs that Mm -hmm. you offer, but, you know, what happens with someone's life after they get it? Yes. You know, whether it's employment, whether it's housing, you know, maybe there's other services that are needed, you know, and and not only treating the individual sometimes, but treating the entire family, correct? And I think that's the great thing about CMHA is that we have all those different programs. We have case management, we have housing programs, we have peer specialists that are working with us that have gone through recovery and are there as a spokesperson for individuals who are trying to get to where they are. Um, We have vocational specialists that are there that are helping individuals to get employment, you know, because once you finish with recovery, you, it's not done. It's an ongoing process for the rest of your life. So I, I think tell that, me that. <laughs> yes. and you hear it from a lot of clients is that this is their first step. So sometimes they get stuck. And it's like, where do I go from here? And it's like, you have the whole world ahead of you. Right. You know, and I always use, you know, with a lot of individuals, it's like putting on a pair of glasses for the first time and being able to see the world. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through recovery, that's how it is. Everything's brand new again. Right. Things that yeah. never mattered are matter, you know, matter now. And it's, Right. Such a great thing to see. It is, you know, and as a person with eight years in recovery, what was interesting for me, Shirley and uh, Jessica, is that things did have to change. I had to change people, places, and things. Absolutely. And so the friends that I had, which I thought were, and I saw every day and I drank with every day, mm-hmm. you know, that was my life, right? So it was like like screeching on your brakes because uh, the day I said goodbye to those friends when I started my recovery, you know, it's interesting. And we live in the same town. And there were three of them. I haven't seen them driving in a car at the supermarket. It's just like they disappeared. Yeah. But now the people in my life, there's fewer of them. But it's it's quality, not quantity for me. Absolutely. And it's hard to do sometimes to think that. And, you know, some people lose it all. You lose your family. You lose your job. You lose your house. So that anxiety of... I'm grateful that didn't happen to me, but that anxiety of having to start all over, and I hear people in meetings talk about that, you know, it's just, it's amazing, but it's never too late, is it? No, it's not. And one thing, it's very lonely at the beginning. Yeah. And that's why I jumped into everything CMHA had to offer. Mm -hmm. I was there three times a week for 
over two and a half years because I wanted to, because I felt I needed to, not because it was required of me. And we even ran um, a peer group, because after the trauma group ended, what am I going to do now on Fridays? You know, can we No come? more happy hour. No, can we come? <laughs> <laughs> so they offered us the room, and the girls nice. still came together yep. on that Friday wow. for a while. That's yeah. fantastic. So talk a little bit about, Jessica, if people are interested in these programs, and sometimes it's not necessarily the per- person themselves, right? That was the hardest barrier for me. I didn't think I had a problem, mm-hmm. but everybody else saw my problem. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like my family and my friends that reached out um, to get me the help that I needed. So where can people go um, on your website, or what are some of the resources that you have for folks if they want to reach out to CMHA? Um, definitely on our website. We do have a website with all our programs available. Um, currently we have our offices at John Downey Drive and we also have an office on Whiting Street. Anybody can walk in. So John Downey Drive is in New Britain. 270 John Downey Drive. Right. And then on Whiting Street, that's in? uh, Also in New Britain. Right. And then Um, what is your website? It's cmhacc.org and you'll be able to find all our programs. You'll also be able to kind of link on there and it also promote, is promoting our 5K. That's coming up June 23rd. That's also for recovery, and it's our fourth one this year. So hopefully we'll get more people out there. Not hopefully. You will. We will. We you want. will. You will. <laughs> uh, and again, it's cmhacc.org. Org. And, you know, it is, it's a great event, um, you know, and it's a family event, Absolutely. you know, and you don't have to, as I am not, but you are, you don't have to be a runner to no. take part. It's just, it's a great family fun day and, Absolutely. you know, to see people come together to support those that are in recovery, um, even if they're not, yeah. you know, so it's one of your biggest fundraiser. And again, that's going to be Saturday, June 23rd. Uh, at New Britain Stadium at 9 a.m. And if you do go, just don't step on the turf at the stadium because I made that mistake last year and got oh. my butt kicked. <laughs> so, but it's a lot of fun. And it how is. much? When people can also register on the website. You can register on the website. You, we will be doing in-house registrations the day of. Um, you don't have to be a runner. We are also having a walk. And you have a little kids event. And we do. We have a fun run for the kids. Uh-huh. So if you have children, bring them down. They'll get a T-shirt when they register. They're also getting finisher medals. What kid doesn't want a medal? Oh, right? man, I want one. Um, so it's a great event. We also have um, chips is coming out. And they usually have giving face us pancakes. Pancakes. Yes. Yum. Although, you know, I can't eat pancakes anymore. Here's another recovery story. Really? So back in high school, um, before I knew I had a problem, way before, um, I had eaten pancakes and then drank heavily. And so I threw up pancakes. And do you know I haven't had a pancake since like 10th grade? Wow. I can't eat a pancake. They're so delicious. I know. But you know, it's one of those things. It's like if you if you drink too much like, you know, Boonesbury Farm and then you yeah. get sick, yeah. it's like no more Boonesbury Farm. That's not That's happening. not good. That's not good. <laughs> so, you know, we have a lot in common, don't we? So, um, and what do you see in the program too? I want to ask you, um, what do you see in the program, Shirley, as far as the other folks and, you know, them changing their lives? Well, I've seen the best of both sides. Mm-hmm. I've made some tremendous friends who I still um, have been through classes with and still am friends with today. And then I've seen people come and go and I've heard of people dying. Yep. So that's the reality. It is. Um, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Because well, that could be you. Yeah, it could that be. That could be me, right? That, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And it's sad. You sit in a group with someone, you share your feelings, you see them, you know, every day or once a week for an hour. It's intensive. You listen to their stories and then you hear the following week that they overdosed. And it's like, wow. That's the reality check though, yeah, isn't it? it sure is. And you know, you talk about people in and out, you know, relapsing mm -hmm. is what that is. And, um, and it happens. It does. You know, I know in my recovery early on, which I, you know, I didn't, I didn't get into recovery until I was in my fifties. That's when it really took me down. Um, and that's when I really, you know, got the help that I needed. But, um, after that I got out of the recovery center, the, the rehab, they shipped me, uh, my drunk butt off to, uh, Utah into a 28 day program after I detox. So my point is I got back and then my daughter who's in college told me she was pregnant. I'm like, perfect, perfect time to just have another drink. Then that's the reason, right? That's the, that was my trigger. Right. Went down for two days hard. And yeah. when they say, when you go back out, you go down harder than you ever did before. Yeah. That's a reality. It sure is. It is. And then, you know, two days I was, I was down and out and I got my, I got back up. I started going to meetings again because I didn't have the support services and the programs that I needed to stay on the straight and narrow. Right. And I thought I did. You know, I'm one of those people. I've run my own business for 20 years. I've raised two kids. I mm -hmm. mean, I've got this. I got it. You can't always, you can't always do it yourself. I mean, no. I think for me, no. you know, the strong minded, you know, hard will sometimes you gotta let go of some of that stuff you and let to. other people yes. help you and surround yourself with what you need or success is hard but it's also understandable that people can do that and yes. it's what you do with that and how you get back up and to reach out to like cmha mm -hmm. that's one of the things i was so messed up i didn't even i wouldn't have even known where to go for resources it was right. my family yeah that reached out and said oh you know, here's a program or here's this. I mean, they don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's the families out there listening that are probably more interested in this information, you know, yes, than the actual absolutely. people who've been, you know, out on a bender. Right. Let's, let's just be honest. I and, didn't have a um, CMHA at the beginning. My first incident uh, was prison, 45 years old. You went Never to prison? Never been arrested in my life. What happened? Um, well, I was a creative bookkeeper with a heroin addiction. Mm. And um, I had, uh, I went to prison. For Never, how long? Well, my bid was uh, seven years um, suspended after 18 months. So I did three months in Nyanic and six months in a halfway house. And that was the first time in over 30 years that I did not have a drug. I went through serious withdrawal oh in God. prison, mm. rushed over to medical several times. And, um, you know, I talk about those painkillers where it started and how numb I was to kill that inner pain. After the detox and was able to hold down water, I would walk down the halls of the prison and just feel the wall because it was something I was feeling for the first time without a chemical in my body. And just the air around me, everything was so pure. It was incredible. And if you would have said at that point, after I completed that six months of next step, that I, I would tell you I would never use again. I went and got my GED. I went to college. I got a degree in counseling. And I worked at a women and children's program. And it took me out because I hadn't addressed my trauma. And these girls I was counseling had the trauma that I experienced. Mm -hmm. And it took me out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I've, I talked to a friend of mine who went to uh, prison for a number of DUIs. 
And he said, boy, the people detoxing in there. Oh. He said, it's just, it's ugly. It's, it's horrible. You it know? is. So um, that's probably not the place you want to detox. No. It's, it's very, 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 very horrible. So, you know, but it's just, it's just like you said, you had to address your issues. Yes. And that's where organizations yep. like, and everybody's, you know, I didn't have a trauma. My alcoholism is, in, I feel, is a disease that I inherited from Absolutely. my from my family. Mm-hmm. But it was every when I was in rehab, everybody had a trauma, and that's the reason they were there. I didn't, so I was like the odd man out, right? But everybody's story, and that's how you have to treat them as you have to meet them where they're at, yes, regardless of absolutely. what it is. And it's going to be different across the board for each individual that you come across. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's going to be there. Not everybody started for the reasons that you started, and I think that's what you know, coming to treatment and especially groups that it's very helpful and even meetings when you go to is that you sit there sometimes and you hear sometimes, you know, after a group, someone will come up after and say, you know, I always thought I was the only person that ever experienced this situation. And it's such a satisfying thing to hear that, wow, you're not alone. You know, somebody else is also experiencing what you're experiencing and that you can get help. And right. help is out there. And that's something that's very difficult for people. How do I ask for help? Mm-hmm. Especially if you have tried to ask for help and the responses have been negative. Right. And it's interesting. I heard at a meeting once they said, if everybody took their stuff and put it in the middle of this table and you learned about everybody else's stuff, you know, nine times out of ten, you'd take your stuff back because somebody else's stuff is far worse than what yes. you've been through. yes. And you have to keep that in perspective. You know, yeah. sometimes I think we get selfish. Poor me. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pity you know, pop. I had to raise my siblings. My mom never cooked. They were never home. Poor wah, wah, wah. You mm-hmm. know? But you can either take that and have you make it weaker, or you can take that and build a stronger foundation on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Isn't that what you tell people? Absolutely. And I can, and I personally experience that, you know? And one of the reasons why I'm in this field to begin with, I really have a passion for mental health and substance abuse treatment, you know, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where you can take your environment and the situations that you've experienced and go either way with that. You know, I have parents who were in addiction and still are in active addiction. Wow. And, you know, you go forward with that and you say, are you going to let that hinder yourself and kind of be the result of your environment? Or are you going to say, you know what? I want to do something more mm-hmm. and you kind of find your path and you find your passion and you get to help other people who are struggling with those things. And it makes you more, like you said, when you're putting all those things in a pile, you're going to take yourself back. Right. You know, even if it's the worst thing or more, it's not equivalent to someone else, mm-hmm. you know, cause you don't know what the other person is experiencing. You don't know. You look at somebody's face and somebody's eyes and you just don't know. No. And you know, and that's why I've chosen to put a face and a voice on my recovery because I think you're in the same, you know, mindset, Shirley, that if we can help somebody. Absolutely. And I know you are too. Mm-hmm. If we can help somebody and people say, oh, you know, uh, something's wrong with me because I'm an alcoholic or I'm an addict. It happens to everybody. It does. You walk into a room or you walk into a therapy session and you'll be, You'd be surprised. There's doctors, there's yes. lawyers, there's single Absolutely. moms, there's, you know, there's priests. I mean, it just, it's, it's across the board. It doesn't discriminate. One, no, it doesn't. But nope. one of the things I am grateful for is I believe that the stereotype is diminishing a little bit. Yes. And that's one of the things that we all need to work towards is because if that stereotype diminishes a little bit, I believe that more people will reach out. Yes. And, uh, and so if we, if, and it's everybody's self, you know, it's up to you. Do you want to go? Do you want to? You know, it's a tough decision. I it waited is. two years before I said, 
I want to let people know that I'm in recovery. Right. It's not an easy decision to make because you don't know what the reaction is going to be. Exactly. But I can tell you after eight years, it's been nothing but fantastic. Yeah. That's people great. just, you know, and I haven't had any haters. I haven't any said, oh, you know, not don't want to touch me or get away from me. Right. Um, actually, I found that, you know, ha a lot of my clients, you know, they'll say, hey, I'm in recovery too. Or, you know, it's just been... Uh, it's been a blessing, yeah, right? Isn't absolutely. it? Isn't it crazy to think that you went through all that crap and today you can say, I'm grateful that I did and that I'm where I'm at today. Oh, absolutely. So if you could say anything, we got a, a few minutes left, Shirley. If you could say anything about CMHA mm. to people out there listening, um, what would you like to say? I would like to say that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, they will treat you with respect from the person you talk to when you walk in the door the last person you see when you walk out. That is one thing that was very important to me. Although I was a, a heroin addict, right? Uh, I had my pride and I wasn't gonna let people disrespect me. And um, I was amazed. I was amazed at how I was treated there because most people look at you like the scum under their shoe. Mm -hmm. And that is not the case here. Compassion, uh, respect. I can't say enough. I really can't. Um, if you are looking or you know somebody who needs help with addiction or mental health, you need, you need to call CMHA. And again, we want to um, let people know that we're going to all celebrate each other and we're going to celebrate CMHA and all the good work that you did, that you do do. And it's a 5K run for recovery. It's coming up on June 23rd. And everything kicks off at 9 o'clock at New Britain Stadium. Plenty of parking there. It's absolutely. a perfect spot because you, you know, yeah. you don't have to worry it's, about. It's great. It's great. It's absolutely great. And there's a kids fun run as well. Everybody comes out. You're going to have, it's like you said, you're going to have some food. You're going to have some pancakes, all that kind of stuff. So it's really, really a great time. And if you want more information and to register, because you always like it when people register in advance. Absolutely. So yes. hopefully this shows motivated people out there to run. register, right? Run, run, or run, walk. run, run. run or walk. Run or walk. Run or walk. Do what I do and just hang out. <laughs> hey, you can hang out too. We need some cheer people, right? That's right. Cheer on those runners and right. walkers. And there's the mascots there. And the uh, website is CMH. ACC.org. And you know, you're, you're a nonprofit. You know, these programs, uh, you know, are so valuable to so many, but they come at a cost. And I won't get into my editorials about state funding or any of that kind of stuff, but you know, CMHA has done a really good job at figuring out how to keep their programs strong, yes. and functioning, and effective. And, you know, and that, that's, that's huge. Okay. So, um, Jessica, you're going to get the final words here. Anything else that you want to add? I just, this has been so great. I've just, I really, I love to sit here and, and across from people who are doing so much and I'm so inspired. I mean, I really, surely your story and your strength and, and all that just comes across. You're a beautiful woman and you're Thank very you. intelligent and articulate and, um, it's great. I mean, then there can be more stories like us sitting yeah. here if people just reached out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I agree with that. And I, you know, I was telling Shirley this morning, you know, and we're talking about her progress and the amount of, you know, all her achievements and being able to sit there and be proud. And I, you know, one of the things I always say is that you never know who you're planting the seed for. And it's just getting the word out there, planting the seed and it, treating everybody with respect because at the end of the day, you don't know somebody's story. You know, they can be looking like the duck that you see at the pond. Mm -hmm. They look calm. 
as can be, but underneath they're straddling just to keep, keep it going. And sometimes you don't know somebody's story. And it's, again, it's treating someone with dignity and respect and getting them and meeting them where they are and not trying to change them right from the beginning. Because again, that's something that that person needs, you know, it's a process. It's a process and it's a change that they want. They have to want it. So Jessica Antunes, who's a clinical supervisor at CMHA, um, also in charge of the trauma groups, which you've talked about, Shirley, which are so beneficial to so many people. And also a runner and also on the race committee and just an amazing woman. Thank you so much. She is. And Shirley, thank you for your courage. I know coming on programs like this and telling your story and uh, getting your voice out there isn't always an easy thing it's to do. It's not. I was a little tongue-tied at first there. Yeah. <laughs> you know you what? did great. I tell you, I've been doing this a long time. You were fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes. And I hope that, again, if any of you are looking... Um, for some resources that you will go to the website cmhacc.org and I better see each and every one of you at this race on Saturday, June 23rd, 9 a.m., New Britain Stadium. Be there. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yes! And thank you for listening <laughs> to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.